Jesus healed a woman of a hemorrhage without even meaning to. She'd been suffering from this hemorrhage for 12 years, was made worse by the doctors, and then she heard about Jesus, and as he passed by her in a crowd, she touched Jesus' garment and immediately was healed. Your faith has made you well, he said. Go in peace. Peace is, I believe, the key to her healing. The hemorrhage was obviously not bad enough to kill her. It had been going on for 12 years. She, this bleeding wasn't killing her, but it was keeping her from living. Because she was bleeding, she was unclean. Anyone who touched her, or anything upon which she sat, was also unclean. She couldn't enter the temple. She couldn't live a normal life. I don't know for sure, but it seems like it would be difficult to have overly good relationships with people if they could never touch you, or if you could never sit in their presence, or if they never could touch anything that you touched. Whether you ended up as a pariah or simply as someone to be pitied and gossiped about, my guess is that this woman's relationships were rather less than ideal, to use Anglican understatement. Jesus healed her not only of a hemorrhage, but of the isolation and shame that went with it. He made her whole and gave her peace. By peace I mean shalom, the peace of God, wholeness and peace of mind, body and spirit, inside and out. He restored her so that she could have relationships with others, wholehearted relationships with people, rather than forever hiding behind fig leaves. Ultimately, that's what Jesus did for this woman and what Jesus does for us. He restores us to relationships with God and other people. He removes our shame so we can be naked and unashamed as Adam and Eve were in the garden with God and with one another. At the root of all of our need for healing is that first consequence of Adam and Eve's disobedience to God. Shame and the disconnection that it brings. After eating the fruit which God told them not to eat, Adam and Eve immediately hid themselves from God and each other. They were ashamed, and they put up barriers to their once open and wholehearted relationships, which is wholehearted living, as Brene Brown called it. That means that we're courageous enough to be our true self with others. We can let go of our defenses and let go of the armor we put up around ourselves and learn to trust other people. We can be honest about ourselves and accept honesty from others. Wholehearted living means we can have empathy and compassion toward others and ourselves. We can care more about people than about being right. We can care enough to speak the truth to others and to speak that truth in love. Wholehearted living means we're willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of love. That we're willing to hurt for the sake of forgiveness. That we're willing to let go of self-righteous anger for the sake of seeing another person with empathy and compassion. The woman whom Jesus healed of her hemorrhage was healed so that she could live wholeheartedly without shame and disconnection. As 
St. Mark's, we also have a hemorrhage which needs to be healed. If we're like most churches, probably several. But today I'm speaking specifically about the hemorrhage of gossip. I raised this issue back at our parish meeting in January. And was asked a few days later if I had raised the issue because of something specific or if St. Mark's was particularly bad about gossiping and worse than other churches. I said, no, just the usual kind of stuff that happens everywhere. But thinking more about that question, I've realized I'm not concerned with comparing St. Mark's to other churches. I wasn't called to be rector of other churches. I was called to be rector of St. Mark's. There's gossip here. And a pretty good amount of gossip here. And that concerns me. Because like the woman with the hemorrhage, this gossip isn't killing us. But it is keeping us from wholehearted relationships with one another. Now I know this is Texas and small town Texas. And I know people gossip. I also know that gossip is not what Jesus intends for our lives. Gossip puts up barriers to wholehearted living. Gossip or generally negative talk about someone else behind their backs puts that other person outside of a relationship. The gossipers feel more connected because that person has been disconnected. We're not like that other person, so we're good. Of course, our connections to each other through gossip is not true connection. It's not a wholehearted connection. It's a connection based on shame and fear. It's the connection with the fear that once I leave, someone else might gossip about me, and then I'll be on the outside. Gossip doesn't just break trust, it shatters it. Gossip keeps us behind fig leaves instead of truly and wholeheartedly loving one another. If we are ever going to be the church Jesus wants us to be, we have to stop gossiping here and everywhere else in our lives. If we're going to be a light to others, we need to show them how to live wholeheartedly rather than how to live with gossip. Now this doesn't mean that we never talk with anyone else about what's going on in our lives or about what happened with another person. Let's say you're talking to a friend about how someone has hurt you. And the friend listens to you compassionately and with empathy because you've been hurt. Well, that's good venting. Along with supportive listening. Then let's say that friend starts talking about his problems with this other person, too. Now we're probably getting into gossip. He really is a jerk, isn't he? I know. Let me tell you what he did last week to me. Gossip. Realizing that at times we do need to vent our emotions, that needs to be done with a trusted person knowing that it won't go any further. And it also needs to be done for the sake of healing, not for tearing someone else down. Perhaps when you're sharing how someone has hurt you, your friend decides to share similar negative experiences that he's had with this person, but not to have a common enemy, 
not to feel connection by disconnecting from someone else. Let's say your friend starts sharing these common negative experiences out of concern for the other person. You know, he was kind of a jerk to me the other day, too. I wonder what's going on there. I wonder if he's doing okay. I think maybe we should check on him together. Now we might not be gossiping. Now we just might be caring about someone. Perhaps you both start looking at this other person with empathy and compassion. And perhaps through those lenses, you can find healing for yourself. Perhaps through those lenses of empathy and compassion, we find a desire to seek reconciliation for that person's sake as well as for our own. And it's just that easy, right? Speaking the truth in love is not nearly as easy as gossiping. But it is courageous. Choosing to say, wait a minute, let's stop talking bad about this person. And let's instead look at this person through the lenses of compassion and empathy. It's not easy, but it is courageous. Forgiving another person rather than gossiping is not easy. As former dean of our cathedral, Joe Reynolds, said, if we're really going to forgive, then something has to die. Our hurt our self-righteousness, our pride, our being right. Forgiving means letting something die. So choosing the pain and grief of forgiveness rather than gossip and letting die within us that which needs to die in order to forgive is not easy, but it is courageous. Choosing to seek connection and wholehearted relationships, not by setting someone else up as the outsider of the group through gossip, but seeking wholehearted relationships is not easy, but it is the way of Jesus. Gossip has no place in God's kingdom. It is a hemorrhage from which we and most everybody I've ever known, myself included, need to be healed so that we can live wholeheartedly. Wholehearted living is the kind of life that Jesus offered us, the kind of life God intends for us so that we can live without shame or fear, but with daring and empathy and love. Amen.